I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Billow Show with Football Mank Cave. Hello, welcome along to the EFL and Below show. Your look at everything outside of the Premier League in Greater Manchester. My name's Niall. Alongside me in the studio from the Football Man Cave, as always, we've got Ian Foran. Hello, mate. I'm good. We've got I Aaron. He's on it again. He I loves it. Again, put second week on trot. I he's, didn't even say hello because I'm good. He's just he's good. He doesn't even need the uh, the niceties. <laughs> doesn't need the hellos. He's I'm straight into sorry, it. Niall. Aaron, hello. are you, you going to answer me properly? You're not going to be scrolling through Twitter like Ian is. Every <laughs> I know. Week. Look at him there. Hello, uh, hello, Niall. I'm all right. He didn't even say hello again. Anyway, loads on the agenda tonight. We're going to be talking about Bolton Wanderers, of course, that potential takeover, and Ken Anderson out of the door. How excited are you about that, Bolton fans? Send us a tweet at MCR Footy Social. Use the hashtag EFL below. We're going to have Chief Sports Writer from the Bolton News, Mark Isles, on the line. He's going to be chatting to us about everything that's going on over there in Bolton. And trust me, there's a lot. It's been a busy week in Greater Manchester in the Football League. We're going to be talking about Oldham's Jose Baxter, how he's come out and been very brave and spoken about his battle with mental health issues. Also, is Paul Scholes going to be slightly annoyed at the fact that his team keep conceding late? I certainly would be. And Rochdale sacked Keith Hill a few days ago. Why, oh why, have they done that? So let's get straight into it. Let's not beat around the bush. I want to talk about Rochdale because when I saw the news that Keith Hill had been sacked, Aaron, I was a little bit, I wasn't shell-shocked because Rochdale are a club that are in the League One relegation zone. They've not had some great results. I think nine defeats out of the last 11 games, but yet it still came as a surprise to me. Is that naive from me or is that maybe justified to be a little bit shocked that they've sacked a man who's been their most successful manager ever, in my opinion? Yeah, well, I was uh, I was shocked too, so we're either both naive or neither of us is, <laughs> is naive. I feel like when you think of Rochdale, you think of Keith Hill, don't you? Yeah, sure. He's like, you know, the the logo of Rochdale, if you like, the representative of Rochdale almost for so many years. And I looked at it in many ways. Yes, you've got to... Look, the results haven't been good. They've been conceding goals left, right and centre. They haven't been a tough team to beat. And when you're down there at the bottom of the table, you need to be tough to beat and you need to grind out results. And Rochdale just haven't been doing that. And if you get to a stage where you're looking for survival, obviously they only survived by the skin of the teeth last season. They were looking at that, uh, the, the new owners that have come in very, very recently. And they're, um, they're not into the sentimentality of, well, uh, stick with Keith Hill to give him a chance till the end of the season. There's an argument for what he's achieved with Rochdale 
over the many years that he should be given a chance to save them. He did it last season on the yeah. last day of the season. He should be uh, given the chance to do it again. But then when you look at it on the other side of the coin, mm. uh, nine defeats and 11, for me, the writing on the wall was the 4-3 defeat at home to Wimbledon. That yeah. was that was for me the final straw. Wimbledon rock bottom in League One. Uh, the basement boys, and to get beat by them in that fashion, it, it's never a good sign, as you say, writing on the wall to use your words. Keith Hill, for me, has done a remarkable job at Rochdale with the budget he's had there, taking them on cup runs. Who can forget they played against Spurs only a couple of seasons ago in the FA Cup? He's done brilliantly in my mind. But as Aaron says, nine defeats out of 11 games at any level is a shocking record for your most recent matches. That obviously must have played a huge part in the fact that he's now departed from the club. It's good. And I think maybe the the club had a little bit of twitchy bum. Obviously, there's... 11 games left of the season they're six points adrift and it's it's getting like you couldn't you couldn't see sometimes in that sort of run you can see some some positives but you couldn't see anything like that this can improve or this can get better or they can claw themselves back from here it was sort of turning on the fans a little bit everything were getting a little bit hostile um the rockstar fans i would, I would i've been talking to are, are like look yeah he's done amazing for us but like if we carry on like this, we're in League Two. A lot of there, there was a, a section of the fans that like, look, he needs time, given time to end at season, and he knows League Two is promoted us twice at League Two, so mm. um, why don't we just do that and just sort of reset ourselves? But that that sort of toxic atmosphere within the club was just growing. You could feel like the fans sort of getting antsy about it. Obviously, Hill weren't getting the results. That yeah, everything. It, it was just one of them. That, like you said, the right was on the wall, and it's going to come sooner or later and it was one of them like look it's 11 games left but let's think, bite the bullet and, th- and let's do it I think Aaron's right though he's earned a right and a respect to be given an opportunity to prove that he can keep Rochdale up we were yeah. saying um, about it before we came on air about how many games there are left of the season and yet people seem to be already coming to conclusions about how the end of the campaign is going to pan out you just don't know in football that's the beauty of it I think Keith Hill deserves the opportunity to show that he can keep Rochdale in League One because At the end of the day, he's got something that a lot of managers get brought into clubs to do when someone gets sacked and they're in a spot of bother. And that is keep a side up. He's got experience in doing that, Aaron. So is it a little bit foolish to get rid of him? The man knows how to keep a team up because he's done it the last three or four seasons. I mean, he did it as recently as 12 months ago, keeping them up on the last day of the season at the expense of Oldham, who went down. And I think we've got to look at what Keith Hill's done for Rochdale. Promotions over two different spells... Uh, the work he's done for the club. I mean, if you were to talk about Rochdale, you'd probably say they're about a League Two club, aren't they? Yeah. I'd probably say they're a League Two club. And so for what he's been doing and the majority of the time he's been there, he's had them punching well above their own weight. Mm. So you could say that this season and the run that they've been on, which hasn't been good, and they have been conceding so many goals and the defence has been poor, but they've probably over the past few years been punching above the weight to the fact that over the past few months, has it just evened itself out a bit? Is this level that they're at? probably where they are Mm. and next season the question I think the owners have had to make is if we either give him the chance till the end of the season and then next year do we think shall we keep him in or get rid of him and if you're thinking of that you're thinking well he's he's taken us up twice yeah I mean so he should probably have another chance at doing that and the other thing I would say is because they've been seen in so many goals that the structures of the team's not right and the probably the quality of players isn't high enough and then the decision you have to make is, well, do we have a new manager with the same group of players or do, no. do we have a, 
a different manager with the same group of players or do we have a new manager or the, keep the same manager in the ca case of Keith Hill with new players and they've obviously gone for the former and um, we won't I don't think we'll know the answer to this question until the end until the middle of May when we find out whether Rochdale have survived or not I think Aaron's got a point there Rochdale have only ever played their entire history in the third and fourth tier of the football league so I mean what what is it that the owners are starting to expect maybe they're expecting a little bit more of an ambitious venture from the players on the pitch, from the manager in the dugout, from the fans in the stands. Maybe they're expecting a little bit more than those supporters are. Because Keith Hill, as Aaron rightly says, is, is, is you know, he's he's the man, there's been, think, three promotions in Rochdale history and he's had two of them. Yeah. You know, the man deserves infinite respect, in my opinion. Um, so for, for an ownership to come in and then, and then sack someone who the fans obviously respect and, and adore to some extent, um, it is sad to see. It is. It is really sad to see, but again... When you speak to Rochdale fans, a lot of them are. It, it's it's time. You know, like a lot of them, are that sentimental side of things. Of yeah, it's achieved yeah. like our most successful period. Do you think it's got stale? Do you think it's got stagnant there? <laughs> Me personally, I do. I, I think change is good. I would have given till the end of the season because I think what manager now really coming in at eleven games left, um, not really knowing the players, can sort of keep them up. Keith Hill knows them players. Obviously, stuff might have gone on in the background we don't know about, but it's a case of, I think, I, I don't see why you change it now. And, like A new man's got to come in now and just... He ain't got a clue how is, to, how is to he, motivate Is he going to have enough basically. time? He's got to get to know the yeah. players. He's like got to bed in is the word I'm trying to look for. He ain't got time to bed in and... and find a system, yeah. find so, the, the, the starting eleven he prefers. I mean, so, it is going to be a throw of the dice. Obviously, Ian... Ever the Barrow manager in the National League, he's the bookie's favourite yeah. to take over the reins at Rochdale. It's a step up for him, no doubt about it. National League to the Football League may only be one step on the football pyramid, say National League to League Two, but National League to League One may be a bit more of a jump than people realise. It's totally different, in and my opinion. What has he and Everett done that Keith hasn't? Is the thing if if you're wanting to to save yourself, you'd go with a with a manager that's got. League One, like least experience. Yeah, not someone who's been who's been with Barrow in National League. Forget League One experience. He's got to go in and like he's a firefighter manager. He's got to try and keep them up, hasn't yeah. he? He's got to have experience, not just in the football league of say managing a club stagnating mid table, thirteenth, fourteenth every season. You know they've got to be someone who's gone in with experience of keeping a club a club up from relegation. So you need a firefighter manager yeah. in any case, and you've got to look at. The best choice is there. And when you're looking for a firefighter manager, a connotation I think of that is you've got to make the team very difficult to beat. And whoever goes in, whether it's Ian Everett, we know that Brian Barry Murphy and Tony Ellis will um, will be uh, taking charge of the game against Shrewsbury Town this weekend. So, we'll, you know, they've got to go in. And whatever you've got to do, you've got to think, we're conceding a lot of goals. We're mm. not difficult to beat. Uh, we're very easy to play against. And you've got to find a way to show that up yeah. very quickly. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Well, if you're a Rochdale fan listening in, let us know what you think at MCR Footy Social. Use the hashtag EFL below and any reaction we'll get we'll obviously discuss on the next podcast. And the next podcast is going to be a juicy one because we're going to be talking about Stockport. So if you are a Stockport fan listening to this and you're thinking, where's my Stockport fix? Don't worry, just hold on for a few more days and we've got you covered. But as for Rochdale, well, let's just hope that they can pull something out of the bag for the sake of the supporters. I think staying up would be 
a minor miracle from this position. I mean, it looked difficult for them to stay up anyway, Ian. But to be honest, when you sack... I mean, it's weird. You think when you sack a manager and you bring a new one in that you get that new manager bounce that you often talk about and you think that they're going to be rejuvenated and, and sort of galvanised and keep themselves up. But in this situation, I can only see them being less strong without Keith Hill yeah. and probably in more danger of going down now that they've got rid of him. It seems a bit, I don't want to say brainless because as I say, nine defeats out of 11 is, is an extremely telling statistic. But without Keith Hill, I feel like they're in so much more peril of being relegated than they would have done if they had kept him. I think it's one of them. It's a gamble either way. You either gamble and, and hope Keith Hill gets it right or you gamble on a new manager coming in and keeping it like keeping the club up. And for me, I'd say with his history, you just gamble on Keith Hill. If you go down, you go down. Like that that's gambles you lose, do you know what I mean? Sometimes. So mm. it, it's I don't know. If there were, if there was to do it, you should have done it December or earlier, John like or, or January, not like when you've got ten, eleven games left of the season. Yeah. Manager's gonna take two or three games you, you you're talking probably by the time he's, he's settled in, eight seven games left of the season. And by that point, God knows how many is adrift. For me, this just um, reflects the loss of romance that exists in football. There's no sentimentality, is there, anymore? It's all about the here and now. It's all about the finance. It's all about mm, yeah. we need to have as much money in our, in our pockets for next season. Uh, and there's obviously, I think, there's no link between the board in terms of high up on the board and the manager in mm. terms of have they thought Keith Hill has been at the club a long, long time. He's been our most successful manager. He's been with us for two promotions. Surely now... For all he's accomplished, so many fans will be on his side because yep. they'll respect the work he's done. And and he's taken Rochdale to a place that would any other manager do, even if they were to go down, you know, this season to League Two and they would start life in League Two next season. You know, the work with Keith Hill in charge, had they gone down, I mean, there, you know, it still wouldn't have taken away what he had already achieved. Mm. So maybe this is, uh, on the other side of the argument, a blessing in disguise is his legacy hasn't been ruined in the yeah. sense that he has almost been thrown off a sinking ship rather than his jump one. Yeah, great point. And you mentioned fans, you mentioned owners, you mentioned money, and they're three things at the crux of what's happening over at another greater Manchester club, Bolton Wanderers, of course, in the championship. And there's been so much going on, we can't even get our heads around it here at the EFL and Below show. So we've got someone in to help us. Mark Isles, the chief sports writer from the Bolton News, is on the line. And there's been a small matter of this potential takeover, whether it's a straightforward sale or the less straightforward commandeering of Ken Anderson's shares. The training ground was closed and ran out of food earlier this week. There was also a chance there might not be any catering against Millwall. Phil Parkinson is a two-match touchline ban. Anderson said he doesn't feel wanted at the club. Season ticket holders have had direct debit issues. And to top it all off, Mark, you were banned from the ground and now you've been reinstated. So it's been quite a quiet couple of days for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, uh, the, the ban is the, the, the least of our worries at the minute, I'm afraid. Uh, it's uh, it's a worrying time if you're a Bolton Wanderers fan. Um, it's a worrying time if uh, you're a Bolton Wanderers player or certainly a member of staff at the moment um, because uh, I think things have, have come to a, a shuddering halt there, really. Ken Anderson time has been nothing um, if, if not eventful um, but he's determined to go out with the bangers it seems and um, you know we, we felt you know for most of this week that we're getting into uh, the, the final days of his mm. of his reign um, but you know all along we're expecting this kind of sting in the tail and 
um, as, as I stand here now, I'm, I'm really not all that sure how it's going to pan out. It just feels like it's never ending. So I'm a Portsmouth fan, so I've seen it happen to my club and it's the worst feeling, never knowing where the next corner is going to be turned. In terms of a potential takeover, how much can we believe from what Anderson actually says? Because, of course, he puts out these statements on the club website and a lot of it, to me, seems quite egotistical. Well, I mean, that's, that's your words. I'm certainly not going to sit there and uh, <laughs> and get yet another uh, series of web notes aimed at me for some comment <laughs> I've made here or there. So, yeah, I just can't be bothered with that at the moment, to sure. be honest. Um, yeah, bottom line is um, he's, he's saying what he's saying. I think fans uh, read their own interpretations nowadays. Um, maybe there was a time where they they took them seriously but uh, no I mean he's obviously there to uh, to exit with um, what he can and I suppose that's his right uh, so uh, it doesn't make it any easier um, at the moment as I understand it there's only really uh, one m- main option as far as uh, buying the club the other as you mentioned uh, slightly earlier was that, uh, that, that the Moonshift Investment who were a company owned by Eddie Davis uh, before his passing, um, they have an option apparently to uh, to commandeer his shares because his loan is in default with them. It mm. looks messy to me. It looks complicated. It's one of those that can go legal. Um, so you know, I, I would I would think that that would you know elongate the process. Would that be like a last um, ditch resort to go for that commandeering of the shares method? Right? I mean, do you think that the supporters would just prefer a straight up sale and keep it simple? I'm very sure they would like to see things done before this Millwall game at the weekend because, you know, we're, uh, we were touch and go whether it was even going to go ahead. But mm. actually, once we felt that the takeover was actually getting closer, I think, you know, everybody thought, you know, this is now a game, A, it's winnable, but B, it's it's a game where the, the, the supporters can actually get behind something. This is new ownership. They, there's still enough time to save the skins in the championship. So it's uh, it's it really is touch and go. Um, you know, I've got... Uh, I've not seen a proper bedtime all week, and I don't expect you <laughs> by, uh, by the by the close of play to be truthful. Say, so if this takeover does happen, you usually have a new manager bounce. Do you think the new chairman mount bounce, as such, would reflect in, into the football, into the pitch, into, into the league? And absolutely, mate. Absolutely, I think the. Uh, the, the mood from the in, within the club, um, whether you're uh, you know a turnstile operator or whether you're uh, a high head of department or you know a, a, any player, coach, everybody just wants this to happen. Everybody, and, and you know this isn't being personal to Gallanton. They just want to see him go because mm. they want to see a line drawn under this now because it's uh, it's had a massive effect on results this season. Um, you know you can call players what you want you can say they're overpaid uh, but it does have a massive impact uh, especially you know your home life and such like because if you're not being paid you know your family wants to know why and you're consistently fielding these questions you're consistently you know checking your bank balance and asking and, and, and training sessions are being dominated with team meetings explaining finances and takeovers rather than tactics and you know morale boosting stuff that coaches are supposed to be doing so it's had a huge impact on affairs uh, Mark, we've been talking a lot about the long-term future of Bolton Wanderers. When uh, this this takeover does happen and the new chairman does come in, how can we be sure that the future of Bolton Wanderers will still be assured with the new chairman going in and making sure how crucial, in your opinion, do you think it will be that Bolton Wanderers appoint the right chairman and that this move get, is the right one? Well, I'm, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a fair question, isn't it? Um, the... <laughs> The EFL um, are ultimately responsible for passing these people, but mm. uh, I think we all know that the, the, the process is, is not ideal. Uh, say that say again. The, at the least, yeah. 
Um, I mean, you know, Ken Anderson and Dean Holdsworth, when they took over in 2016 from, from Eddie Davis, uh, provided proof of funds, we're told. Um, you know, clearly, somewhere along the line, something has happened that, that, that hasn't materialised because, quite frankly, for the last, you know, 18, two years, you know, like, almost from day one, there have been problems with finances. So you have to ask a question about the process. Now, obviously, we want to see that done properly this time around. We don't want to be here in 12 months' time with a, with a new chairman. Um, everybody says the same thing at this point in time. I've got the money. I've got the plans. This is what I want to do. Everybody sounds impressive before they actually take over. Um, so whoever takes over will be scrutinised just as heavily as Dean Holdsworth and Ken Anderson will be from, from my point of view. Mark, just before we let you go, I, I just want to know personally what you think in terms of a time frame. How long can supporters be expecting to wait before they hear any good news coming out of Bolton Wanderers? Well, honestly, you know, I could put the phone down to you now and somebody phone me up and, and tell me it's off or they tell me it's on. Yeah. That's the way it goes at the moment. Um, I know the players are very, very... Uh, upset at the fact that they're sat there without any waging at the moment. So sure. tomorrow is going to be quite a key day. That's Friday. Um, you know, I, I'm led to believe they're going to be meeting tomorrow and having a chat about, you know, how potentially they could affect things here. Mm. Uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different things that could go on between now and kick-off against Millwall. Um, you know, I'm an optimist. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been tracking the, the Bazram bid all the way through quite strongly, and I, I do feel that that's got the best chance of happening at the moment. Um, but, you know, this is Bolton Wanderers, honestly, expect the unexpected. Great to chat to you, Mark. Hopefully you get a few more decent nights sleep in the next month or so. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Cheers, mate. No worries. That was Mark Isles, the chief football writer at the Bolton News. I tell you what, he's had his work cut out, hasn't he, Aaron, the last few weeks. I mean, certainly considering he was banned from the ground and we didn't have him for too long there and didn't have too much of a chance to ask him about everything, we could do a whole podcast entirely on Bolton Wanderers if that was the case. But really interesting to hear just how much is actually going on over there. Yeah, it's certainly been uh, not short of controversy that's taken place at Bolton Wanderers. We could probably uh, do a whole series on the uh, <laughs> the problems that have existed around Ch uh, Ken Anderson whilst he's been at Bolton. And I just think that this, this takeover really does need to happen. And what Bolton re need right now is stability. The fighting at the end of the day uh, for, for survival, the chances are it's probably very unlikely to happen. They do need a miracle. And I think what's so important when we've been discussing Bolton, how much of the off-field issues we've been discussing, we'll talk, we'll talk about Berry, mm. Oldham, and uh, a lot, and we've been talking about the on-field problems that have been going on most of the time, and uh, the highs and the lows there. But with Bolton, it feels like it's just been about Ken Anderson, and that, yeah. for me, really sums it all up. Uh, and it's a bit of a triangle for me, as someone who's worked in football before. If... I'm turning up to work, whether it's working here, it doesn't matter what my job would be, dentist, fireman, police, whatever you want to say. If I turned up to work and knew that I wasn't going to get paid at the end of the week, why should I be bothered to put the effort in? Now, that's a different thing because footballers don't only have to satisfy those people in the top table in the boardroom, they also have to satisfy the thousands of fans that pay their money week in, week out to come and watch them. So it's not almost like a normal job where you can go, well, you're not going to pay me, I can't be asked to do this. It's very much a, you can't really do that because you've got to impress those fans. Yeah. So you can work as hard as you like. And if you know you're not going to get paid, that's only going to damage your impact on the pitch, isn't it? It's, listen to the insight of it, it's such a tough situation. And you can kind of sympathise a little bit with Phil Parkinson of, the job he's had to do. Obviously, he's got that going on 
on top of him with, with a Ken Anderson thing. But if you've got players then, meetings, meetings, financial, not getting paid, obviously stresses at home and stuff like that. It also Phil gives, Parkinson's it, job becomes like 100 times more difficult this it, season. It gives the club a bad name as well. I mean, yeah. we saw Clayton Donaldson on Instagram posing with a picture of a new pair of football boots saying, thanks very much for the hookup. Yeah, I'll, I'll that, give yeah. you cash when I get paid. Yeah. You know, that you don't want your players. No. I know it's lighthearted and it's humour. It can, it can be a bit of a relief to supporters in a time of great stress. But you don't want to be seeing that from your players, do you? It makes the club a bit of a laughing stock. Yeah, the, uh, you don't want to be any worse than you actually are. And I don't think Clayton Tolson probably did the... Uh, the best thing there you mentioned the but, but sorry but they must be like at the at the tether you know, like this has been going on all season they've like continuously not been They're paid or whatever end. so like something like that's just like a bit of a boiling point in it like the kettle's just just the top's coming off and that's his release as such they can only do it in certain ways can't they footballers yeah i do i do understand that but maybe he should have bits of I was going to say better respect for the club, but it's almost impossible. But why should he? No, I, I agree. And your man at the top in Ken Anderson, he's a, and I don't think you know, that I don't think that's an attack well on supporters, is it? No, it's just no. it's just on who's paying it. The, the sports would probably agree with him. Really, there. It's more my point was more towards. But no, I've changed my point on that. He's changed his he, mind. I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've, ch- I've changed my mind of that. Good man. I, I do agree. I think. I mean, the situation isn't very good. And you look at uh, Phil Parkinson, he is, at the end of the day, his job is to manage a group of players, is to coach them and mm. make them better. Mm. And his job's, like, gone 10 times higher and the players' stress levels are higher because they're not getting paid. And, I mean, if you didn't get paid or, you know, you didn't get paid, you know, you'd be stressful. Yeah, you'd, you'd be got... doing the podcast on your own if I didn't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. That's that's the thing. We can laugh about it now, but it's not a laughing matter to a lot of these people who have dedicated their entire lives to this football club. And you asked Mark a question there about, do you think a new chairman bounce will impact them on the pitch? I suppose the blessing in disguise with the timing of this is that there's still games to go in the championship. It's not like the takeover is two, three weeks before the end of the season. There's eight or nine games to go, starting with Millwall on Saturday. We didn't even know if that game was going to go ahead to start with. So there's certainly an opportunity there for Bolton to try and take that feel-good factor if they do get a new chairman onto the pitch and keep their heads above water in the championship. We've not seen it with Blackpool in League One, but they have got rid of the Oystens as their owner and they've sold 14,000 tickets for their home game. You know, it might not translate on the pitch, but certainly that feel-good around the club is massive. And obviously, if the fans are feeling good and happy, at some point it's going to translate onto the pitch with the players and I think the whole place, it's just... Just a little bit like, but not a little bit like, but like when Marino were at United, that dark cloud, and yeah. then as soon as he went, Bumford lift, and I think Anderson's like Bolton's Mourinho. As soon as he goes, <laughs> I think that dark cloud will just lift, and hopefully, we want the seven points off safety, but let's hope he can just, just give him that, that oh, new new bounce. Absolutely, and it's not inconceivable for them to, against Millwall, for them to get a, a good result. It's not like they're playing Sheffield United or... West Brom up there at the top, Norwich or Leeds. They've got teams recently. around yeah. You know, team around them. And all you need to do is get a good win and you've got that feel-good factor that should come up whilst uh, Ken Anderson, he, uh, he finally goes. And I agree with you, that dark cloud that's been over the club when he goes, it kind of feels like, you know, you release the shackles kind yeah. of thing with the players. And yeah. they could just go out there. They've got nothing to lose, have they really? No. I suppose. So they've just got to go out there and... Uh, you know, give it hundred percent and playing uh, Millwall. That's um, that's a very good chance to get three points, I think. Yeah, and really, really hope that if you are a Bolton Wanderers fan and you're listening to the podcast, that you get what you want and you get Ken Anderson out of your club and you get someone in who's going to be able to treat Bolton Wanderers with the respect and move it forward like the club deserves. Those supporters have been through a lot. I really hope that that by the time that you listen to this, things are a little bit more improved for you. And get in contact with the show. 
It's at MCR Footy Social. Use the hashtag EFL below. We want to know your thoughts on the podcast, Bolton fans. We want to know how you feel about this possible takeover and about how you feel about the impending departure of Ken Anderson. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Below Show, with Football Mank Cave. Welcome back to the EFL and Below Show in association with the Football Mank Cave, right here on the Manchester Football Social. I'm almost worn out because it has been one hell of a busy podcast already, and we're not done yet. We've been speaking about Bolton Wanderers, we've been speaking about Rochdale, and shortly we're going to be talking about Oldham Athletic and Jose Baxter's quite brave and incredible story, actually, to be totally honest with you. But we want to hear from you at home at MCR Footy Social. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, please do use the hashtag EFL below. And if you do have a shining towards Manchester United or Manchester City, then you can find dedicated podcasts just by searching the relevant term wherever you find your podcasts. For United, it's Manchester United Football Social. For Manchester City, it's Manchester City Football Social. So then, got Ian in the studio with me. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, Nail. We got it right. We got it right. And Aaron, who doesn't seem to be paying attention, but I imagine you're focusing on this big quiz you got for us later on. I have the quiz right in front of me here. Have you printed it out as well? I've printed it out yeah. and everything. <laughs> We've had the highlighter on it. We've had it all wow. going this week. I'm waiting more, for a clipboard to come out More the prepared desk. than I will ever be. Most of my quizzes... I've even are, got my reading glasses here to read it out for you. Most of my quizzes... joking. Most of my quizzes are made up midway through the podcast and he's sat there with his glasses glasses and all sorts anyway this is the EFL and Below show let's talk about Oldham Athletic we've spoken about Rochdale we've spoken about Bolton Wanderers but let's talk about Oldham because Paul Scholes has gone in there and and obviously he's only had a short amount of time to work with those players but there seems to be a little bit of a habit creeping in Ian they keep conceding late goals that is a habit you want to nip in the bud and get rid of 
ASAP because it's not going to do you any favours. Do, do you know what? I wrote up something about this on Monday as well. Uh, Paul Scholes' first five matches in charge of Oldham, they've conceded four 90th minute goals. Wow. And I'd actually did some some no, quick maths because it had to be quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> take the goals away from Stevenage, Morecambe and Crew, and at Oldham side are on 52 points and two points off playoffs. So those late goals have really scuppered their chances of getting yeah. up towards those playoff places. Massively. The Berry one obviously doesn't really count because they were, they were already losing 2-1, but do you know what I mean? They, they could have been could have had points on the table there and it could have been a completely different picture for Oldham going forward instead of now to sort of languish in a mid-table and that's kind of where they're going to finish, aren't they? Really. Uh, Scholes was always known, Aaron, for in terms of the way he played football for yeah. Manchester United, for having good vision, being able to pick a pass, being able to have shots from the edge of the box and just affect a game. One thing he wasn't notab- notably good at was his tackling or his <laughs> defending. This is, is this maybe a strange comparison for me to draw? I know he's only just gone in there, but obviously as a footballer, his sort of focal point was attacking and getting the ball moving and getting Sir Alex Ferguson's team on the front foot. Yeah. So now maybe as a manager, is he taking that philosophy, that ethos onto the training ground and maybe not neglecting the defensive side of the game, but maybe that's an area as a manager he does need to strengthen in? Uh, yeah, possibly. I think after five games, it's hard to judge. What I would say I mean, that's four, um, that's four 90th minute goals in five games. That's, yeah, but could that's that just ridiculous. be like... Uh, I know it's, it's a bit strange, but could that just be like mentally, though, the players are thinking? I mean, could that not just be that switching off at the back post? You know, fatigue sets in. We talked about on the last podcast. But that's a habit, four out of five. I can't have It's it a podcast. It, I know it's a, a podcast. Po- I know. Oh, I know. We're <laughs> on the podcast. obvious, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, really. I don't... They've threw me that. No, I don't agree. Five games, you can't say that. But they've conceded 90 yeah, minutes goals in nothing. four of them. What's that going to do with the manager, though? That's all like individual player. Like, but isn't it, it the manager's job to to impose his? his... He, can, he can say nothing. He can affect the game, but when it comes to it, the nitty gritty, the last minute, sort of, he can't physically say gets tight on the man for the corner. Make sure you're on the back post. He can say it, but he can't physically. Yeah, that's when so it should be affecting the, the, the player's that, concentration. He, he can't then. physically, mentally of course he can't put be. it in someone else's brain he can't run. to stay switched <laughs> on. And another thing is, if you're if the teams have been in the great position, say it was Stephen who's run it last week, thinking, you know, they've been conceding late okay. goals, we've had a couple of late goals, we've conceded, hang on a minute, why don't we just, you know, keep it tight, keep it at 1-0 in the last few minutes, okay. let's really go in and let's bombard them because the players will be fatigued. We know mentally old think, you know, they look at the, the big scoreboard, 85 minutes, 86 sure. minutes, the fans are thinking 85, 86 minutes and then before you know it, you get a goal conceded. Another thing is you look at United with under scores, how often did we see you know, Alex Ferguson's teams score late goals so if anything I don't think that pulse goals will be um, he's certainly not used to conceding late goals or being on a team that's conceded late goals I totally see your point about what can Skulls do from the dugout meant he can't run onto the pitch and be that 12 man and stop them conceding a late goal he can't do that and I to- I've said it on this podcast before once the players cross that line, as a manager, there's only so much you can do. You can change systems up, you can you can change formations, you can make substitutions. But managers can't obviously affect the game in terms of being out there. If you concede one 90th minute goal, okay, that's not good. If you concede two, really not good, we need to work on that. If you concede three and then four in a, out of five games, that says to me that that's not just a, a lapse of concentration. That's an issue. 
four out of five games to concede 90th minute goals and it's costing them points in the table. It's to work out what type of issue it is. Is it a mental issue? And if it is a mental issue, which I personally think it is, that's something that will uh, vibrate around the ground, that affects the opposition, that affects the fans, that will affect how Skull manages the team towards the end. That's something that is going to be on his mind. So I personally think it's a mental issue and mm. this will only go away literally when the 1-0 up with, you know, the clock ticking towards the end of the game and they shut up shop and they, uh, you know, they just see games out and you've got to learn to manage games well. Yeah. And that's what Oldham haven't been doing all season, really, managing games well. And the key the key word you use there is learn. And Scholes, he's still learning, of yeah, course. It's his first job. In, yeah. I don't mean to dig him out like in that sense. I just think that that's a problem. <laughs> Thing is, as well, it can get in. It can probably get into the players' mindset. Again, going back to United, you have that feeling under Fergie that United were going to score a last-minute goal if if they needed it. And then, obviously, Oldham, if it becomes more of a habit, it will be. Oh, we are always going to well, concede a goal, and then the crowd get a bit etchy, and it just mm. it just becomes a theme of Oldham. Then, basically, carrying on talking about Oldham, let's talk about Jose Baxter, who's been very brave, and he's spoken to the press about the battles he's had with his with his mental health problems. And it's really brave and it's good to see that because so often in football you hear about these things but you don't get people coming out and openly speaking about it. And obviously there was a sort of a documentary piece made on on Baxter. You've seen it, Ian. I mean, it's quite emotional, really. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's something that, that I feel has been growing um, throughout sort of males as such because you've got the hashtag, it's okay not to be okay. And, and I think people say like Baxter, um, other sports people coming out and just sort of saying, look, you know, I've dealt with X, Y, and Z. I've been in this place, but I have made myself better by doing this, that, and the other. Like a lot of people, I've been through something similar um, last year, which I won't, I won't go into too much. But when you're in that place, you do feel like there's there's literally no one, mm. and and sometimes you really just need that one person to, you know, just sort of pick you up, keep you and, going. Yeah, and it seemed from the documentary. It was Bill Kemright that was like the Everton chairman, the yeah. guy that sort of give him give him that lift, and it it is it come out obviously other people will then sort of relate. Obviously, we're talking about it, and it's you just see I think more and more, and I think males it's always a facade to like we're okay, we'll just man up, you know that type of thing, and to get out and talk about it is is probably it's the hardest thing in the world, but it's the best thing you can do, and people like Josie Baxter coming out and doing it can only enhance hopefully. Over males. Yeah, I imagine him doing it, his thought process behind coming out and being so honest and open about it was if there are other footballers out there that have been in a similar position, they might feel prompted now to come out and speak about it. And if that's a release for them, all the better. I think it's always very good. You talk about uh, mental health problems are so prominent now. And when it exists within someone who is like Jose Baxter, a footballer, I think maybe it kind of brings brings the issue home and it was similar discussing it to Joe Thompson there is maybe a stereotype amongst footballers generally more in the Premier League who play sort of the Premier League the Champions League every week like they're untouchable but you know you know you have to remember they're at, they are humans at the end of the day yeah. and they do go through the same problems that you know every man on the street goes th- goes through and I feel like Jose Baxter coming out talking about this he is high profile he's in the public eye every Saturday afternoon at three o'clock and if he can speak to somebody like Scholes, you know, who's just you know, very recent off the off the the pitch himself in terms of playing, obviously he's spoken to Bill Kenwright, 
and you know and it just makes the and it just as i said before makes the issue so much more prominent he says he's still quite young only 27 and he does see light at the end of the tunnel and he and he is optimistic for the future and i think obviously he's had a tough past but if he can see you know he says his daughter's giving him a new life, lease of life and if he can see the light at the end of the tunnel then that's only a good thing absolutely well jose baxter hats off to him really commend him for coming out and doing that i mean it takes a lot of bottle to do that and, and fair play to him and wish him all the best through the rest of the season of course with oldham but now let's talk about what aaron has brought to the table this week it's uh, it's time for a quiz i think isn't it aaron of course it's time for the quiz cue music There you go, there's your music. How's that for you? <laughs> Very good. Is that dramatic Yay. enough for you? You better live up to da, the IP now. This, da, is, da, this is good, this is good. Okay, go on then. Hit us with the quiz. What uh, is it about? What's going to happen? Let me know. Well, my quiz this week, uh, Mr. McCorn and Mr. <laughs> Foran, I was thinking about what quiz I, <laughs> so I should formal. have this week. And I've decided, because last week we went to our first game together, we went to watch Berry versus Portsmouth, hey, check a trade up the trophy, blues. up the Blues, and now we'll be saying up the Blues in a few weeks, when Portsmouth entertained Sunderland yes. in the Checker Trade final, something that Niall and many, many Portsmouth fans in this world are against, in the, the Fratton Park Club. Yeah, but and with I Wembley, was, you can't turn it down. You, you can't. can't. So basically, I was thinking, is Portsmouth versus Sunderland, 10 years ago, this was a Premier League fixture. So I thought, well, what was going on 10 years ago in League 1 and 2? And who was? <laughs> oh, no. And with the, with the, the Johnson's Paints trophy that existed and the fact that oh, Portsmouth and Sunderland could even be competing in this final would be impossible to believe. So then, Niall and Ian, your quiz this week is to name me the teams that competed in the 2008-9 edition of League 1. Was it Empower League 1, Coca-Cola League 1? It was Empower League One. Empower League One. So your challenge, 24 teams took part in Empower League One in 2008-9. Can you name me them? All of the teams. I'm just going to just throw <laughs> Do we have to out? go back and forth here? Are we going I back and forth? You this, won't it? Okay, I'm going to go with Swindon Town. Correct. <laughs> Did you were you were about to say Bing then? Bing. <laughs> and then you get it's it on, right. It's on soundtrack. You get it right. I'll go back. Um, Bournemouth. No. no. Does that mean I win? That's it. Game over. <laughs> That's it. Game over. Do I have to go again? No, because he's got it wrong. So I win. So he's won. Yes. Is that it? That was easy. Jesus All of that for the quiz. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> Unbelievable. One question. I don't know. That's not my fault. I wish you had a TV fault. on his face. Oh, my God. Brilliant. Let's go get you. Why don't we do best of three? Let's do best of three. Come on in. Oh, that's hilarious. He's put all that effort into the quiz and you get it wrong first up. You got up at two o'clock in the morning for that. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's brilliant. Come on, Aaron. Come on, mate. Let's do it. Let's make sure that we get a few more. So let's Let's do best of three, shall we? So I'll go again. Oh, Doncaster Rovers. (laughs) No. Um, Bristol City. Still still one nil to me. (laughs) Bristol. uh, Oh, okay. Bristol Rovers. Hey! Come on, pressure's on for 2 0 and the win. I've got to help poor Ian. We've discussed we've discussed <laughs> this team on the podcast tonight. <laughs> They're cheating. Look at the cheating over there. Oldham. Hey! <laughs> I can't believe it. What a guess. This. Shrewsbury Town. You are wrong. Oh, you're joking. Exeter. Was, was there any teams in League One in so 2008? I need, I need to get this right. Yeah, 22 others. 
What about, <laughs> what about MK Dons? Bing! Yes! Right, okay, if you don't get this, I'm bound to win this quiz. What an anti-climax this has been, by the way. I don't know. Charlton. Mm. Oh, I'm taking the win. If the, if the quiz was name every team out of League One, and I won that. That's <laughs> so what I'm taking away. The options you could have had to answer the question. <laughs> I feel you know Richard Osman on Pintless when he goes, Go and these were the Pintless Go on, answers. read him, read him. I want to hear him. We have Peterborough United, Leicester City, MK Dons, Leeds. Leeds. Yeah. Millwall, Scunthorpe, who were, Scunthorpe, who were promoted. <laughs> Tranmere, Southend, Huddersfield, Oldham were 10th. Did me, Willa did me research for this. Incredibly, Oldham sat the manager mid-season. <laughs> that was so, what a surprise. I thought that was so funny. It was all John Sheridan as well. Bristol Rovers, Colchester, Walsall, Leighton Orient, Swindon, Brighton and Hove Albion, Yolville, Stockport, Hartlepool, Stop. Carlisle, Northampton, Crewe, Cheltenham, Hereford United, who no longer exist. Thanks very much for that, Aaron. Appreciate that effort on the quiz. Well, me, well sorry that me and Ian messed it up within about two seconds. <laughs> he's put in all that hard work, bless him. He's waited all week to do the quiz. Printed and straight away, brilliant. This has been the EFL and Below show from the Manchester Football Social in association with the Football Man Cave. Over there we got Ian. Thanks very much, Ian. Hopefully next time the quiz is a little bit more oh, lengthy. So. Long, longer than a minute. <laughs> Aaron, I quick. thought you'd have been a bit better with that now. I thought you'd have been better with that. I got the first one right. I can't. Do, you like, do you like my backstory though? We went. To, it was the first game with the yeah, podcast on. Yeah, level. that was a really good. I, I reminded that, that was probably better than the quiz. To, you're going to Wembley, Wembley in a few weeks. Solid. Yay. Loved it. Anyway, I've been Niall. Thanks very much for listening in. If you do want to leave us a message, it's at MCR Footy Social on Twitter. Use the hashtag EFL below. And of course, we don't talk about the Premier League on this podcast. But if you do have a shining towards the two. Premier League Manchester clubs Manchester United Football Social that's what you need to search wherever you find your podcast to get the full-time Devils takeover and the Blue Moon Rising takeover the Manchester City show right here on the Manchester Football Social all you need to search is Manchester City Football Social wherever you find your podcasts if you're a Stockport County fan your ears will be pricking up because the next podcast will be talking a hell of a lot about you so we'll see you next time Manchester Football Social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.